Father, we come here fully submitted to you, fully available for what you have for us tonight. Father, you're moving in this place. You're swaying. Your spirit is in this place. It's hovering in this place, and it's in our heart. Father, I just pray that you would continue to move, that you would continue to move in hearts, that you would continue to move in lives. Oh, Father, thank you for tonight. Thank you for everything that you're doing. God, we just, we come before you tonight and we want to tell you we are available. Whatever you want us to do, we're going to say yes. God, we have an open heart. And when the Spirit moves, and when the Spirit moves in us, we're willing and able to say yes. So we pray that over this place. We pray that over everybody online. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. What an incredible night. I hope you feel the spirit in this place because the spirit is already moving. And I know he's got big plans. It's going to be awesome. You may be seated in this awesome atmosphere. I am so excited to be here with you tonight. (laughs) This is awesome. Um, Thank you for having me. My name is Rob, for those of you who don't know. And I love getting up here. It is an honor and a privilege for me to be up here and have a chance to to share with you, to overflow what God's been sharing with me. Because that's what's happened. God has just been downloading and downloading into my heart. And I'm excited just to let it overflow here tonight. So I hope you'll let me do that. A little bit, all right? Because the Spirit is moving. And you know what this Sunday is? This Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. And the Spirit's going to move. I know the Spirit's going to move. You guys got to be here on Sunday. And this is just the beginning of it. This is just the start. We're kind of opening up the doors. And we're excited about what's going to be happening on Sunday. So make sure you're, you're here for that. Uh, tonight, I want to talk to you about relationship. Relationship. Relationship versus religion. And I might just disrupt your religion a little bit. I hope I do. I hope I do. Uh, I, I started praying and asking God what he wanted me to speak about. And when I heard him say relationship, and I was like, all right, relationship versus religion. This is great. I can talk about this. All right, yeah, you know, religion, you know, that, that stuffy stuff in, in the old church with the hymns and the recitations and all those things that maybe I, I don't like anymore. You know, I thought, all right, that's what I can talk about. I can talk about that all night long. But God had other plans. And he usually does, right? He usually does. And it was uh, a couple weeks ago, me and my wife, we were blessed to go on a little vacation for our fifth year anniversary. And it was really awesome. It was really awesome. It was an incredible time. God is good. 
And we got to go to this little tiny island, a little tiny place. And the first day we were there, we were sitting on the front porch. It was Sunday. And we're sitting on the front porch. We had breakfast. I'm drinking coffee. So good. We're staring out at the water. It's the front porch and then our yard and then a little street and, and then the water. And we're sitting there just wondering what we're going to do today. And all of a sudden, we see people walking by. And they're all dressed up in their Sunday best. And we're like, oh, yeah, it's Sunday. And we look down the street, and sure enough, there's a church right down there. And I thought, man, I, I have this overwhelming desire to follow these people to church. <laughs> you know? Like, it's our first day of vacation. I was like, Joy, you want to go to church? Let's do it. All right. And so we go and we put on our Sunday best, which is not that best because we were prepared to like be hanging out on the water and fishing. So we, we put on our best and we follow these people down to this church and we walk in and it's just this beautiful church, beautiful church, big wooden beams, you know, beautiful pews. I mean, big windows. It was, it was beautiful. It really was. And we walked in right in the middle of the first hymn. And I was like, oh, yeah, hymns. This is going to be good. I'm going to use this in my sermon. This is going to be good. And so we go in and we sit down, and or we're standing up because we're singing. And so we get our hymn, and we start trying to follow along and start singing. And, and we sing a couple of hymns, and we try to follow along. And then all of a sudden, something surprises me. From right behind me, I hear this lady singing. And she's singing with all her heart. She is praising God, and she is clapping her hands. And I'm like, oh, man. God, that's relationship. That's good. Oh, God, yeah, I'm listening now. You're speaking to me. And we go through the service, and uh, the reverend gets up there and, and preaches an awesome word about the fruit of the Spirit, which happens to be the last message that I gave. And I'm like, hmm, all right, that's good. And I just saw all these amazing people with relationship with our God. And if I wasn't convicted enough, if I wasn't convicted enough, the last hymn comes up. What a friend we have in Jesus. I was like, dude, man, God, that was good. If I didn't think that you were talking to me now, I know you're talking to me about relationship. What a friend we have in Jesus. They were singing about relationship, and they were into it. And there was people worshiping God in this little church. And God said, Rob, it doesn't matter what they're singing. It doesn't matter if they're praising me with hymns. It doesn't matter if they're reciting things to me. I have a relationship with these people. I love these people. These are sons and daughters of mine, just like you're my son. And I have a relationship with them. And that was just the beginning of our vacation. And I got to talk to so many local people about their relationship with God. I mean, almost everybody I met, I started talking to them about God. It was awesome. And what was so cool is that there were so many Christians on this little tiny island. And in 2019, this island got absolutely destroyed by Hurricane Dorian destroyed. I mean, houses just flattened. It was the worst hurricane that they had ever seen. It was worse than worse. There's not a scale for this hurricane. Just flattened houses. There's no reason 
that somebody shouldn't have died in this hurricane. But not one person on that island died from that hurricane. Yeah. And as I was talking to people, I kept hearing the stories. Yeah, we should have, we should have been hurt. We should have been killed. But God protected us. God had his hand on us. And we thank God for, for what he has done here. It was awesome. And I just, God had his hand on that island. And I just, I just started to see all of these relationships with God. And I was like, man, God, thank you. You spoke to me. You convicted me. And now when my mom says she wants to sing a hymn, I'm like, go for it, mom. Hi, mom. She loves them. She loves them. And she's praising God. And she has a relationship with our Father in the same way that I do. And I love it. I love it. So tonight I want to talk to you about relationship with God. And I want to start at the beginning. And I don't mean the beginning of my message. I mean the beginning of the Bible, like the whole thing. And so you can turn with me or it'll be up on the screen here. But Genesis 1. Genesis 1.27. You guys know what happens in Genesis 1? The whole heavens and the earth gets created, right? Genesis 27. This is where he's creating man. It's the sixth day. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created him. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Yeah. And then in chapter 2, it gives a little bit more detail about how God created man. And chapter 2, verse 7 says, The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. This is such a beautiful picture to me of relationship with God. God picked up the dust from the ground, and he formed it in his own image into man and brought it to his face. It was probably a little dirty, probably a little messy, like we all are right now, right? And he breathed life into man. And it says he blessed them. And that word blessed comes from a Hebrew word, um, barak, which means he knelt in adoration. He knelt in adoration. He breathed life into man, and then he knelt in adoration. You know, man hadn't done anything yet, and God adored him. God smiled at him before he had done anything to deserve it. Sometimes don't we think that we need to do something to make God smile, to kind of get into his presence? He's, he was adoring us before man had done anything. And I, I know you parents can understand this. Do you remember the first time that you looked into your baby's eyes 
and you brought them to their brought them to your face they hadn't done anything except maybe pooped and cried right and you just adored them you loved them with all your heart in the same way god was loving us before we did anything before we did anything and that was the sixth day on the seventh day we all know what happens right god rests god rested well, I can just imagine Adam waking up in the morning, and he's like, all right, this is great. We got a lot to do. All right, I got to name some animals. I got to, you know, work in the garden. Got to start naming some plants. You know, let's, let's get going. And God says, oh, hold up. Today we're going to rest. Today's my day to pour into you. Here's a cup of coffee. I know you don't know what it is, but you're going to love it. Right? Black. Right? None of that cream stuff. Just, just straight up like God made it. <laughs> and you smell that in the background? That's bacon cooking. You know, I, I know I just created it yesterday, but I made an extra one. All right? <laughs> You're really going to like bacon. You know, God was making breakfast for Adam. And he turned off his cell phone and he said, Adam, the angels don't know where I'm at. Today's your day. I'm going to pour into you. It's a day of rest. And Adam's saying, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything yet. What, what, am, I, what am I resting for? He's resting so God can pour into him. We need to be working from rest, not resting to work. God wants to pour into you, but you need to rest Pastor Landon said it a couple days ago. He said, cease. We need to cease. We need to rest so that God can pour into us. He wants to pour into us. He wants to serve us so that out of the overflow, we can serve him back. He wants to love us so that out of the overflow, we can love him back. We need to work from overflow. We don't need to be working for the weekend, right? How's that song? Everybody's working for the weekend. We need to change that around the other way. I don't know how weekend for the work, but maybe Josh can make it work. I don't know. But we need to be resting before we work. God wants to pour into us. Relationship requires rest so that God can pour into you. So that God can pour into you. Now, some people might say, well, God worked like six days before he rested. And I was like, well, that's a good point. What was he doing before then? And so I, I looked, and it's actually in there. Verse 1 and 2 of the whole Bible, all right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Other uh, translations say he, was, uh, he moved upon the waters. And the Hebrew word for that is rakaf. I'm, I'm not saying that right, but rakaf. And so I looked that up, and it means he was relaxing. He was relaxing over the waters. He was hovering. He was moving. He was relaxing. He was resting long before he ever created. God 
wants us to rest. Relationship requires rest. Yeah, it does. There's another great word where Jesus was pouring into his disciples. And so I want us to go there. You don't have to go there. You can, you can see it on the, on the board. That's not it. That's where my dog wanted a little bit more Jesus in her. Um, <laughs> she got it. John 21. Now, for those of you who don't know this, this is the story of the last time that Jesus appeared to his disciples after his resurrection. The last time. Last time he got to hang out with his boys. And I, this is my favorite story in the whole Bible. I think because it's about fishing, and I really like to go fishing, all right? And I really, someday, I want to have shore breakfast with Jesus. It's going to be awesome. But let me read this story to you. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. Simon didn't know what to do, so he reverted back to what he knew. I'm going to go fishing. You guys want to go? All right, let's go. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. So obviously he had forgotten how to fish. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Isn't that what we do when we walk by fishermen? We're like, hey, Josh, did you catch anything? No, no, sure didn't. (laughs) He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. I don't know why Simon Peter fishes in his skivvies, but for some reason he does. I've never tried it. Maybe someday. I don't know. But then he puts on his garment to swim. It's kind of backwards to me. But I'll ask him when I get up there. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. For they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Come and have breakfast. And he handed them some bread and he gave them some fish and he poured into his disciples. His disciples that were burnt out, not only could they not fish anymore and they were burnt out from fishing all night, but they didn't know what to do at this point. They didn't know where to go, they didn't know what was supposed to happen. Their Savior, their Lord, had died on a cross and had reappeared, but they don't, didn't know what to do. They were burnt out. 
And so Jesus was giving them rest. He said, let me pour into you. I can only imagine the conversations that they had on that shore. I bet it was great. I bet Jesus was just pouring into them, telling them how amazing they are and how they were going to do incredible things and how they were going to work miracles. Because Jesus wanted them to rest. Jesus wanted to pour into them so that when they went forward, they would be serving out of overflow. And then, the rest of the story. Peter, or Jesus asks Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Does anybody remember how many times Peter denied Christ? Three. Jesus, in an act of restoration, asked Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Feed my lambs. Take care of my sheep. It was an act of restoration for Peter. Relationship requires restoration. In only the way that Jesus can do it, in either a shore breakfast or on the cross. He can restore us. He can give us restoration. Relationship requires rest so that they can pour into us. Relationship requires restoration in only the way that Jesus can do it through his death on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for that. Man, I'm thankful for his restoration. I've, I've told a lot of you the story of how my father passed away on a boat while we were fishing. But that morning, the morning that, of the day he died, we were getting the boat ready and we were loading it up and we were talking about all the fish we were going to catch. And my dad said, if we don't catch any fish, we can just throw our nets on the other side and we'll catch some fish. And we all kind of laughed. And now I'm coming to realize that that was my heavenly father speaking through my earthly father on the very last day, the very last time, the very last morning, the very last breakfast I would have with my earthly father. He was saying, when you're burnt out, when, when times are tough, Jesus is there. Jesus is there to give you rest, to pour into you, and to give you restoration in the same way that he restored Peter. And I just, I thank God for that experience in my life. I thank God for it. Yeah. But Peter had a choice. Peter had a choice. He didn't have to follow what Jesus said. He could go back to fishing. He could have gone back to fishing. Or he could follow what Jesus said and go take care of his sheep. What he had to do was he had to respond. Relationship requires response. 
Relationship requires response. Peter responded. Peter was a man that knew the Bible, that knew Jesus, that knew Jesus' miracles, that had seen the resurrection, but he still had to make a choice to respond to Jesus. He knew all of that, but he had to respond. He had to respond. The difference is response. You can know everything about the Bible. It doesn't matter. I've got a cell phone. Okay? I've got a cell phone that's with me pretty much 24 hours a day. I'm sure you guys know this, how that works, right? It's always in my pocket, except for now, because I didn't want it in my pocket. But it's always with me. And at any moment of the day, I can pull that out, and I know exactly what buttons to press, because my cell phone's like five years old, which is like 100 in phone years, right? And so I know exactly what buttons to press. And I know when I want to find something, how to find it. I could probably press the buttons without even looking at it, right? Because I know exactly what to do. But that thing stays in my pocket, and when I want to make a phone call, I pull it out, and I know exactly how to make a phone call. When I want to send a text message, I pull it out. I know exactly how to send a text message. It does exactly what I want it to do, when I want it to do it, and only when I ask it to do it. Do I have a relationship with my phone? No. But I think a lot of us treat our Jesus like we treat our cell phones. Jesus, you're with me 24 hours a day. I got you right here. I'll pull you out when I need you, all right? When I I need to to find something or I need you to do something for me, but then you go back in my pocket. I'll pull you out when I need to prove somebody wrong, right? I'll pull you out then. Thank you, Jesus. Back in the pocket. How many of us treat our Jesus like we treat our cell phone? The difference is response. You know, our, my phone doesn't talk back to me. I don't have to listen to my phone. But the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, how many times does, do we listen to the Holy Spirit even when we're not asking for it? How many times have we heard the Holy Spirit's voice even when we're not asking for it? But there's still something we have to do. We have to respond. Relationship requires response. Relationship requires response. You know, relationship brings change. Religion brings complacency. Relationship brings change because we're listening to the Spirit and we're moving and we're flowing with the Spirit and we're changing direction when the Spirit tells us to change direction. Relationship brings change. Religion, when we got God figured out, I got God figured out. I've got him in this nice little bundle, this you know, bundle of theological and religious ceremony right here. 
I got it right over here on my shelf, right where I want it, right where it's safe, right where I think it should be. And it's just going to stay there until I need it. Until I, until I need to use that to maybe prove somebody wrong, right? And then, then I'll pull it off the shelf. But when we got God all wrapped up in this theological and religious bundle, we get complacent. There's no change. There's no change in direction. We're not listening. There's no response. And it's dangerous. And we become complacent. Relationship brings change. Religion brings complacency. There's another guy I want to tell you about in the Bible. He knew the Bible in and out. He even knew Jesus. He had heard of all Jesus' miracles. He knew Jesus. He had heard that Jesus was changing lives and affecting people for the good. His name was Caiaphas. He was the high priest at the time that Jesus was killed, and he was instrumental in bringing Jesus to his death, to the cross. Caiaphas. The high priest, he knew the Bible. He knew Jesus. He knew what Jesus was doing. He was even at the foot of the cross, mocking Jesus, saying, if you're the son of God, come down. Come down. He was mocking Jesus. There was another guy that was at the foot of the cross. He was a Roman centurion. And when Jesus died, his response was surely this was the Son of God. Surely this was the Son of God. Two different responses. Both of them saw Jesus at the foot of the cross. Caiaphas walked away with religion. And the centurion walked away with relationship. Relationship requires response. Relationship requires rest so that God can pour into you, so that you can live from overflow. Relationship requires restoration in only the way that Jesus can give it, through his death and resurrection on the cross. And relationship, most importantly, requires response. What's your response going to be to the cross? What's the Holy Spirit telling you right now? I know the Holy Spirit is working in our hearts. What's your response going to be? Are you going to walk away like Caiaphas with just religion, with God all wrapped up in a theological and religious bundle, sitting on your shelf for when you need it. I got Jesus in my pocket right here. Or is your response going to be relationship? Where you say, God, I'm listening. I'm listening. I didn't have a relationship with God until I came to know the Holy Spirit. 
until I knew that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. And most importantly, when I was listening to the Holy Spirit, I responded. I moved and I flowed and I changed direction. That's response. Where are you going to be at? What are you going to do? What's your response going to be tonight? Are you going to walk out those doors with religion? Or are you going to walk out those doors with relationship? I pray that every single one of you, if you don't already have and know relationship with Jesus, that tonight is your night to walk out those doors with relationship. May 19th, 2021, what better day to, to start having a relationship with our God? It's a good day. It's a good day and the Spirit is moving and the Spirit's going to continue to move this week and into Pentecost Sunday. I am so excited about that. But we got to be ready for it. Tonight, as we close in prayer, I'm going to give you the opportunity to know relationship with our Jesus. Maybe you know Jesus. Maybe you were raised in the church like I was. Maybe you have the Bible memorized from front to back. So did Caiaphas. He didn't have relationship with Jesus. Tonight, you can have relationship. So, if you'll all stand with me, we're going we're gonna to pray. Spirit's moving in this place, and, and we're going to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the rest that you give us. Thank you for the incredible restoration that you give us. And thank you, Father, that you allow us to respond and that you're speaking through your spirit to us. And I know you're speaking right now. I know you're speaking in this house, and I know you're speaking online. God, you're so good, and you're moving over this place. You're hovering over this place. And your spirit is, is moving upon your children. Thank you for calling us sons. Thank you for calling us daughters. And we just thank you for this opportunity that we get to, to be with you and then that, that we get to experience your spirit. And I pray that every person in here know your spirit and respond to your spirit and walk out of this place with relationship. In a minute here, I'm going to give you the opportunity. I'm going to give you the opportunity to know Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus into your life and known a relationship with Jesus, tonight is your night. The Holy Spirit is moving in this place, and tonight is your night. And as we continue praying with everybody and their 
your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I just want to give you the opportunity. And if you want to know Jesus, and if you want to know relationship, just reach your hand up into the air. This is your opportunity to know relationship. And we're all going to pray with you. We're going to pray with you, and you're going to know relationship. And everybody that's online, thank you for those hands. Thank you for the hands in this place. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father. You are moving. So if everybody would repeat these words in one voice as we say them. Jesus, we know our hearts are full of sin. Father, thank you for sending your son to die on the cross. I believe that you are Lord. And from this day forward, I will follow you. Thank you for relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. And everybody, praise God for souls that are moving. What an awesome night. I really encourage you, show up on Sunday. It is going to be powerful. God is going to move. Signs and wonders and miracles are going to happen. We are coming expecting for great things. And you can come expecting great things. Great things. Before we dismiss, we are going to recite the, the bridge declaration. If you did make a spiritual decision for Christ, please either come forward or contact somebody for resources. We have resources for you. And it doesn't end here. It starts here. It starts here. And you found a family. All right. Let's recite this bridge declaration. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I will bless to live my best because I am a bridge builder. Have a great rest of your week, bitch. We're so glad you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision, whether that was dedicating your life to Christ or rededicating your life to Christ, send us an email at info at weirbridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you're joining our Bridge Church family online for the first time, we have a very special gift for you. Send us an email at info at weirbridge.church to share some information on where we can send you that gift. We're so glad you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Be sure to stay connected because we are so much better. Together. Yeah.